everybody, welcome to the show. I am your host, your coach, Karina Calhoun. I am your expert life strategist. Listen, for this particular episode, I am sharing with you a previously recorded episode with a woman who I believe is really truly paving the way, making major impact in the world, who I want to honor and highlight for Women's History Month. Certainly this is not the only woman. These women that I am honoring this month are not the only women, but they are a few that I absolutely wanted to highlight because of certain things that I know that they're doing in the communities around them, how they're loving on the world around them. So I want to share them with you and please feel free to reach out to each and every one of them. Feel free to share the impact that they're making in the world. Please feel free to amplify them and their message and their purpose in the earth. And absolutely do not forget to go be great. I love you all. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Go be great with Coach Karina. I am your host, your mindset and life coach, Coach Karina Calhoun. And we have another amazing, awesome, awesome, awesome episode today. And so today I have on the show, Martha Van Dam. And I am, listen, you all know, I say this all the time that I am thrilled to have the guests that are on the show. I just want to give you all a little bit of background information. When guests approach me or I approach guests about being on the show, uh, we don't typically do a pre-show interview. But I do look at what they have to offer. So when I say I am thrilled to have someone on the show, I'm not just saying it because I don't even do a recording unless I'm thrilled to be talking with them. And I'm thrilled today to be talking to Martha. Martha, how are you today and where in the world are you? I'm wonderful and I'm excited because I'm excited to be here and as I said a minute ago I'm a little bit nervous because I know this is being recorded but where you will find me is my office is in a little town called Mary Esther Florida I'm up in the panhandle and uh, it's hot here and humid and um and that's where I am <laughs> awesome I love it you know I have not been that far uh into Florida I have been to um and this was, I, I don't even remember exactly where it was. I was a teenager. We went when I was really, you know, pretty young, but I just remember having, having fun, but not remembering too much more outside of that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would absolutely love to get to Florida to visit and, and actually have a cup of coffee with you. Well, you, I, just I need am, to come. you need to come. I've got an extra bedroom. We could you just come and visit, have a weekend, and we'll have a fun time. Absolutely. I'm going to take you up on that offer. So, Martha, you know, I am really intrigued by the topic that you're going to be talking about today. And just to give everyone a little background information, Martha and I met on LinkedIn. And for those of you that know, I have really been leaning into uh, networking with people who are absolutely making a difference in the world, who are bringing, they're bringing their, their gifts, the calling that they have, they're bringing that to the world to make the world that they occupy better. 
And so Martha and I met on LinkedIn and we immediately had the most authentic conversation. It was not about me pitching to her or her pitching to me. We literally just had a conversation almost as if we had known each other for years and we were just picking up a conversation. Martha, what do you think about that? What were your thoughts, you know, during that initial conversation? It was pretty, inter pretty amazing how that worked out. And as you're saying it just now, it made me think, okay, it's because we're two women and we started talking over just common ground, part business common ground. And then just part the fact that as women, we have some things that are the same that we all deal with. And of course, this topic is about this type of breast cancer. Well, every woman on the planet is at least at risk for developing breast cancer because we're women and because we have breasts and because it's the genetics. So we, we immediately, I think, and I also think we bonded over a little bit of understanding of this is not okay for this particular type of cancer to, for us not to get the, um, the knowledge out to women. Women need to know. And I think we both felt strongly about, yeah, women need to know about this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one thing I, I don't remember if I disclosed this to you at that time, but, um, and I understand that this is a different dynamic, but my, my dad passed of cancer, prostate cancer back in 20, um, 2018. And mm -hmm. so, you know, just knowing someone that close to me that did, you know, uh, pass from a disease, a mm -hmm. cancerous disease, mm -hmm. especially something that attacks a specific gender, mm -hmm. that just kind of like stopped me in my tracks. But then to say, okay, but Karina, this is something, and we're going to talk to you all about this. We're going to open up a little bit more about this. And Martha, I'm just going to let Martha have the floor because this is not something that I am well-versed in, but it is something that I am absolutely adamant that it gets out there. But uh, getting back to the point, you know, when you talk about that common ground, this was something, as you said, we're both women. Now, I, I didn't have necessarily a full-blown cancer, breast cancer scare back in 2019, but I did have a situation where a lump was found I did have to have it removed and it was tested. It was tested as non-cancerous. So when you say these things, you know, like I said, my dad having passed from a cancer that specific to gender, mm -hmm. but then me having to have a lump removed, mm -hmm. you know, so these things really open up your, your perspective in a completely different way. So Martha, let's just go ahead and talk about what is this, cancer, this breast cancer that you have been advocating for women for, because it's not normal. It's not something that you hear about. I had never heard about it before you brought it to my attention. So I really want those, whether you're a man or a woman listening to the show, you know, a woman, if you're a man. So, you know, let's, let's, let's dive in, Martha. Let's talk about it. Sure. And already I need to give one little caveat. And that is that men can get this too, just like men can get regular breast cancer. Now, 
clearly it's not going to ha- hit as many men as it does women, mm-hmm. any type of breast cancer. And so uh, for a man to have breast cancer, that is rare. Uh, then for a man to have what this is, which is inflammatory breast cancer, is all the more rare, but it still does happen to them. And as mm-hmm. you said, every man on the planet knows a woman. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. he knows a woman or cares for a woman, then the, the women that he loves are at risk. So thank you first for giving me this platform. I'm just so excited to be able to have the chance to speak to women, to any woman that's listening about this. We are not being, we don't know, we're not being told that there is a type of cancer, it's called inflammatory breast cancer. And the reason it's called inflammatory is because the cancer itself begins to live in the skin and it causes this inflammation. And what we tend to understand and to a degree, this is true. It's just not the whole truth. We tend to understand that breast cancer comes with lumps that you can catch it on a mammogram. Well, inflammatory breast cancer is different. And this is why it's so important for us to know. 90% of inflammatory breast cancer cases do not start with a lump or they don't ever have a lump. And so that business of do yourself checks, yes, we want to do our self checks, but that's not enough. Um, inflammatory breast cancer tends to show up with a change in the breast. And I'm just going to list off some things that often happen, but very often it's not, you don't get all of these symptoms. Mm -hmm. So like a pink, when I had it, I just looked down one morning when I was getting dressed and saw a pinkness, the underside of my breast was pink and it was a light pink. It wasn't like dark. It really was like, like I'd been outside in the sun a little bit. And I promise you, I hadn't been outside naked in the sun to get sun on my boob. Right. And, uh, so, um, but that's all that showed up. Some women end up with, um, with a real swollen breast or the skin gets real tight and tight to the point that it has little, they call it peau d'orange, skin it means skin of orange. You know how skin, orange skin has those little dimples all in it? Mm-hmm. That can happen to a woman's breast. The um, nipple can get inverted a little bit or it can begin to ooze. Mm-hmm. Um, it can itch, it can burn, it can easily get bruised. So it, and very, very often it's mistaken early on for a mastitis. Mm. Particular cancer is bad to hit women when they are, um, when they're pregnant or they've just delivered when the hormones are really high. And so since very often women are, have just been nursing or they're nursing, the doctors immediately will look at it. It's swollen, it's red, it's hot, put you on antibiotics and send you home. And the really frightening thing I think I mentioned to you the other day is the researchers do not know what inflammatory breast cancer looks like at stage one or at stage two. It is unrecognizable until stage three B. And it also is one of the fastest growing of all the breast cancers. So it is so important to try to catch it at that stage three, because stage three is the difference. Stage three and four, that's the difference between prognosis, treatments. Once you're in stage three, it's considered that that you're going to deal with that for the rest of your life. I mean, once you're stage four, at stage four, you're going to deal with it for the rest of your life. At stage three, you have a chance of maybe being what they call no evidence of disease which means they've treated it well enough. They've pushed it back far enough and nothing in your body shows it at that, at that point. Wow. So you've mentioned that you found it and it was a light pink Mm -hmm. color. So let's, let's dive into it. Let's talk about 
your specific experience, you know, because sometimes you have advocates that, you know, like in my case, if I were to advocate for prostate cancer, of course, I've never had it. It's because someone I love had it, but you've actually experienced this. So let's talk about from the, when you woke up that morning and noticed it, and then, you know, what, take us through that entire situation. All right. So I did wake up, like I said, I was getting dressed. I looked down and coming up from the underside of, of my one breast was this pink color. I noticed it and I didn't think much of it at first. It just was a little different color, but not that big of a deal. That night when I got changed again, I undressed and looked and it was still there. And all of a sudden a, a memory came to my mind. I remembered there is, a, I, because I'd heard this years ago, there is a type of breast cancer that shows up like a rash. This moment is what's so important. And this is what I want to get out. I'm so thankful that you're sharing. If I hadn't known that, I might not have taken it as seriously as I did. So that Friday evening when I was getting undressed and I saw it again and realized, oh my goodness, could it be that other type of breast cancer that I have heard about? And I immediately, I went to Dr. Google, which of course I shouldn't have done because, you know, you find out all kinds of scary yeah. things. Now I say I shouldn't have, but then I also found out enough to tell me, yeah, take this seriously. Mm-hmm. Monday morning, I called my doctor and um, said to her, I need to get in. I need to get checked. I think I might have inflammatory breast cancer. I mean, I just laid it out. Then when I called her, she got me in immediately for an ultrasound and mammogram. And uh, of course, the, the issue is that inflammatory breast cancer doesn't show up on a mammogram. Mm. So actually when I went in a few days later, after we got the appointment, I went in and had the mammogram. By this point in time, I knew a lot. And when that mammogram came up as clear, I knew I was in trouble. It was the strangest mm. thing. It, 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 it didn't settle me. It was like, oh no, that's bad because inflammatory doesn't show up on the mammogram. Mm-hmm. What they did find was they found a lump under, in my, uh, under my arm in the lymph node. By stage three, it meant it had traveled outside the breast and it was close by. It was in the lymph node. Mm-hmm. And it, it, inflammatory breast cancer almost always goes to the lymph nodes. So um, they scheduled the only way then to really check further is they scheduled a uh, MRI and then scheduled surgical biopsies, which is when they, they do put you to sleep. They went in, they took out the lump under my arm and they take a little slice out of the pink part of their breast. And uh, within, let's see, that was on a Thursday and a Monday when I went back, they had just found out that, you know, that's one of those things you don't ever forget when the doctor says it is malignant, that that goes into you like a knife of some hot knife of some sort. And um, within a week, they, I mean, they were hopping then when they realized what it was, because this is one, I say time is of the essence. Some breast cancers, they'll tell you it's a slow moving cancer. You don't have to worry about it. Um, Even my gynecologist um, had, she had been diagnosed with breast cancer and it was right before she was going to take a family vacation on a cruise and they just all went on the cruise anyway. Well, Mm -hmm. you can do that with certain types of cancers that are slow growing, but with cancers that are fast growing, you don't have time. Uh-huh. And um, so within a week, they, they were doing a surgical procedure to put in a little port so that all my chemo could go through the port. And a few days after that, I was starting, um, starting treatment. And so treatment for inflammatory breast cancer is always, and this can be a place if the doctors don't know what they're doing, this can create trouble. But it always, best treatment is your chemotherapy first and then surgery and then radiation. Uh-huh. 
um, at least for stage three, it's, it's always in that order. I guess another thing that women need to understand is that doctors aren't really well versed on it because it's um, not. So it's, they say one to 4% of all breast cancers um, are inflammatory breast cancer. The issue with coming up with a number like that is that like other diseases, other diseases get an ICD-10 code that that's how they uh -huh. code all the diseases. You know, you go to the doctor, you get strep throat, they put a little code down for it. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So then if you or I as a researcher, we want to go in to research how many people in Florida or Texas or Virginia are having strep throat, we just punch in that code and we get all kinds of numbers. Inflammatory breast cancer does not have its own code. It just gets coded as a breast cancer. And then the doctor has to later in notes note that it was inflammatory in type. But if you and I want to figure out what are the numbers, are they different in different parts of the country? It's a lot harder to track because there's no code. So wow. when we say it's one to 4%, okay, maybe, but maybe it's actually more than that. I know four other women in my little area, my little town that have had it, mm. not a big town. Mm. So yeah, who knows? Another issue is since it's considered to be a, a cancer that doesn't happen as frequently, then it doesn't get the research dollars. Uh -huh. So that makes it harder to gain more information because there's not the research dollars there. Uh -huh. So it's not taught real well in medical schools. My understanding is in the medical books, there's like about a paragraph on inflammatory breast cancer. Your doctors have a lot going on. They're not going to remember that one paragraph real well unless they've come upon it in other circumstances. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I guess a, a piece of this is my message to women is if you get to, if there's something going on with your breast, something changes, something doesn't feel right, get to a doctor. Mm -hmm. And if your answer isn't really, really solid and you don't feel really good about it and you still iffy about it, yeah, this just doesn't feel right. Keep pushing until you get answers that are solid. So Martha, let me ask you this question. If someone, you know, they see that there is a change in their breasts, one or both, um, and they reach out to their physician and say, hey, I'd like to be seen and get this tested, but then they're given some type of maybe antibiotic, um, you know, something of that nature and then sent on their way, what are the steps that they would need to take to push back? And the, one of the reasons why I want to really bring this to the forefront, and you and I talked about this, is that there, there is, you know, this is widely known that there are um, disparaging numbers when it comes to women of color mm -hmm. being treated medically. And so I want to make sure we have a step-by-step -step framework of what really needs to be done so that you are your best advocate when you go to that physician, if for whatever reason you are in an area that you experience this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and certainly this is not just for women of color, but we still want to make sure we identify that as an issue in this so that we don't just look and say, oh, it's a rash, oh, it'll go away. Or I went to the doctor and they said, no, it's okay. And then you find out weeks later that, you know, it's actually detrimental. Yeah, yeah. And you and I talked about this the, the other day. Yes, 
um, women of color have um, disproportionate numbers of breast cancer and, and less good results, but also women of color have um, higher than wh white women this diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So it's in, in the, in the percentage wise. So it is very serious for black women, women of color to understand. I, and I don't know if it has anything to do. I don't understand the science of it. I don't know if it's a thing that has to do with actual genetics and history. I don't know if it's because the skin itself is somehow it's more difficult to see a slight shift in color. If the skin is darker, I just, I don't know, but I know it's serious. So I would say the number one thing is we as women have got to be able, when we question something, to dig in inside and grab some strength from inside and speak what we're questioning. Not, yes. not just say, so the doctor says, honey, we're going to give you an antibiotic. This will be okay. I've seen this a million times. You'll be all right. If inside we're feeling like, I don't feel good about this. I want more of an answer. Then we push back. We don't have to be I don't want to say ugly word. We don't have to be ugly about it, wow. but we can say, we can push. We can say, I really don't want to leave it like this. I really want to test a little further. I've got yeah. at home. I've got a, whatever is the reason. We didn't have to give a reason, but but we we want to be able to dig in and say, please, I want to do some more. What's the next step? And if that doctor will not, there are other doctors out there that will. Yeah, and, and then that's when you absolutely get ugly if yeah. you have to, because right. it's your life at stake. Well, that's you know? right. That's and, exactly and, and that's right. the thing. And I'm glad you you said that you really don't have to give a reason no. other than this is your life. And right. if no one else will advocate for you, you have to advocate for yourself. And right. so I'm really thankful that you have brought this to the forefront because you know, when I think about, I, I've sat and I've thought about this, you know, that sometimes you may not see that discoloration mm -hmm. because of the melanin in our skin. So you, mm -hmm. you know, you just, you may not know. It could be, it could be anything. It could be any reason, any number of reasons why this information is not out there so readily. You mm -hmm. know, you see a lot of the pink ribbons, yes. but when do we see the ribbon for this particular right you know it actually um, has one it actually does have a ribbon but you're okay. right we don't see what it what color is that it's a peach and it's a, a couple of colors peach and pink together and i think it's got a little line of black around one side to represent gotcha. the, women, the women who have died mm -hmm. gotcha see and see that's and I've never seen that. So that right there, I mean, hmm. we just, we really need to get this, this topic out there. So what are some, what are some, um, so you talked about, because there's just so many questions in my head and, and just so that you all know, well, first, let me just, I think I'm, this is really a first for me on this show. I am literally processing so many questions, so many thoughts right now. It's almost as if I don't even know what direction to go in because I feel so strongly. Mm -hmm. Not that I've not felt strongly about other episodes, but this is something that could save people's lives. Absolutely, it can. Let me tell you, I have one idea that I think might be helpful. I would like it if you and anybody listening would go online. There's a website that shows pictures, honest photographs of women's breasts with uh, different people with however it showed up. It's called ibcnetwork.org. 
IBC for inflammatory breast cancer, ibcnetwork.org. If you'll go on that website, there's a section on there with pictures, or you can just Google inflammatory breast cancer photos and you will get pictures. What's important to remember is that where one woman's breast may be swollen, another woman's breast may be red and another woman's breast, the nipple may be inverted. So we don't, don't look at them at any of them and think, oh, if, if it's not an inverted nipple, it's not that mine never got inverted. I didn't end up a lot with that powder orange skin. I did end up with a heavy, um, a real, I realized pretty early on that one breast feels heavier than the other one. And it was a little larger, so it was swollen. So, um, but I think that would be helpful if we had more of the pictures in our head of what this actually yeah. can look like. Therefore, if it happens to us, we're not so caught off guard. I've noticed, I noticed this in my own, um, when I would go to get my, the radiation and then the radiation checks afterwards, big sign on the wall, what to check for, to watch for, for breast cancer. And it's not these symptoms. It's the, oh. it's the lump mostly. And um, so, and I will, in October, you know, we'll have, have uh, breast cancer awareness. Watch for the things that you see that tell us what to look for. You won't see a lot of these things that I'm telling you. The, the, the change, the redness, the inverted nipple, the um, leaking. You won't see that listed in the lists of things to look for too often. Itchy, hurt, painful, bruise easily. So we need, if we have those in our head, then if it happens to us, we're more likely to go, wait, could it be? And we're more likely to get in. And then if we have an idea that this exists and it needs to be taken seriously, then if we get pushed to the side, we're a lot more likely to go, mm -mm, no, <laughs> no, yeah. I need, I need no. And, and, and the thing is that there has to be more education. Mm -hmm. around this because you're absolutely right when you look at those signs in the offices they mm -hmm. don't have this up there mm -hmm. and so it would be so easy you know just some of the things that you've named I mean when you think about women who have menstrual cycles mm -hmm. sometimes the breasts do become oh, yeah. sore right you know they do become heavy they become tender, you know, these different things. And so you could very well just say, oh, it's nothing. It's just that. Right. You know, and so, yeah, but if if it goes longer than what it normally does, mm -hmm. then you need to get this checked out. Exactly. You know, so there are certain things that we really need to be cognizant of. And so I am I am linking arms with you, Martha, to really get this out there to make this an awareness for women of all colors mm -hmm. and ensure that we have this on the forefront. I think one of the things that's really jarring for me is that there are no accurate numbers. Sure. Because of the process or the lack of process mm -hmm. behind um, all of it, the ICD codes. I'm mm -hmm. familiar with those types of things. And so I am really adamant to get this out there and so you all will be hearing more about this on the show you know there's always most people and most businesses have something that they advocate for and i believe that this is something that we hear at Warcry consulting solutions go be great radio uh will be advocating for because we need to make sure this is known 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely, this is known. We do. To throw one more piece of the story, and you asked about my treatment. Um, since I knew that it was rare, I decided I wanted to go to a major teaching hospital to have my surgery because I thought I'll have the best chance of having a surgeon who is aware of this. And I ended up going to, and I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to do this, but I ended up going to a major teaching hospital in the South and their head breast surgeon who tried to get me to have a wrong a treatment that would have been bad for my health. She oh. clearly did not fully, she hadn't been fully trained. One of the things that is, I told you the other day is absolutely imperative is that you don't do reconstruction on the table. You have to take as much skin as possible because the um, cancer's in the skin. They've got to get it flat. They cannot stretch out that tissue. They can't leave tissue there. They've got to, and they can't even leave enough there to put in an implant and stretch it later because they've got to get that tissue. Well, she really pushed me to get reconstruction on the table. Thankfully, I'd been in touch with people oh. who understood this. I'd been in touch with people out, out at MD Anderson who had said, no, you, that is a, that's a life or death thing. That's a major, wow. major faux pas. And, um, and I cannot tell you how difficult it was Sometimes I think of myself as a strong person. Sometimes I think I'm not. I'm just a mom. I'm just a wife. I'm just, you know, I'm not that, there's nothing special. But my word, I cannot tell you how difficult it was to stand up to that surgeon and tell her I won't be doing this. She kind of made a little, when I said that I would not be getting reconstruction, she said to me, you're going to be lopsided. As though I hadn't thought about that and wept bitter tears over that. And so to feel like I had to stand up to the surgeon to get the surgery that was best for me. And then ever since then, I've always thought, did she take it seriously? Did she do the job that, that she really needed to do? And I don't know, because I'm not a surgeon. I couldn't get inside there, right? But, um, but it, it took, I don't, I don't know where the strength came from, but just to stand up to her on several occasions, there were t uh, every time I left her office, I left in tears um, because I was having... I was already upset with what was having to happen anyway, and I was having to fight to get it done and get it done correctly. So, um, so there are three that I know of major hospitals in our country that do tons of research on IBC. And they are the best places to go for questions or even if you can go get treatment. One of course is MD Anderson. Everybody's heard of MD Anderson out in Houston but they have a designated IBC clinic where research and treatment is done. They do it at Dana-Farber in Boston and they do it at Duke in um, Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. So any of those, and, and I, I was in touch with people at MD Anderson. I knew what the protocol was that needed to be for treatment. My doctors went along with exactly that protocol. So I knew I was in good hands. I did not go out to MD Anderson. If it should come back, I will be going out to MD Anderson because that's, they're just, they're just the best. Um, but I, I, if I were going to do anything differently, and this is odd to say, I, I absolutely love my treatment. I love my doctors. I'm sure they saved my life. Looking back, if I were going to do anything, I might would have taken myself, found a way to get out to MD Anderson just because then I know that nothing could have gotten by past them. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I understand too, that not everybody has that kind of accessibility, but you certainly, we can pick up the phone, we can get online and we can, we can research all that information's out there. The MD Anderson information is out there of best practices and good protocol. Yeah, definitely. So 
Martha, if someone needs to talk this through, maybe they have a situation that's come up and they're potentially dealing with this or they just want more information, they want to link arms with you to help bring awareness, whatever the case, how can any of us get in touch with you? Sure. Um, my email address is um, info at marthavandam.com. So that's that's simple for that. Anybody can get in touch with me there. Um, also, if they would go on ibcnetwork.org, they will find there is an organization out there for women who are dealing with this cancer. And the woman who heads that organization, her name is Terry Lynn Arnold. She, um, she's been working that organization for I don't know how many years, I'm guessing 13, 14, but I may be completely off base, but um, tons of information there. And she has all kinds of contacts as well with places like MD Anderson, Duke, Dana-Farber, um, with doctoral level people who can talk over things like symptoms and treatments. And this is what my doctor is suggesting. Does this go along with MD Anderson's protocol? Um, she has all kinds of contacts that can give fabulous information. One thing I want to, yeah, absolutely. One thing I want to just kind of loop back on is you mentioned the surgeon saying, you know, you should absolutely do the reconstruction piece mm -hmm. while on the table. And you felt like, you know, you really had to fight for your life, honestly, mm -hmm. is what I hear. Yeah. Um, but fight the person that was supposed to help save your life. Right. And the response was, it is absolutely mind blowing that, you know, we are women, mm -hmm. um, not because of, uh, I don't really know how to say this in the most, I guess, politically co correct way, but we are women. Mm -hmm. We were born as women. Yes. And we should not be diminished because of breasts. Right. You know, that's not what makes us a woman. No. And so to put the idea of how you look mm -hmm. above, mm -hmm. absolutely above your health, <clears throat> excuse me, is absolutely mind blowing to me. But the, 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 even to take it even further, is that this was another woman that said it to a woman. Right, right, right. So much in there, just so much in that one conversation, just absolutely, you know, do not be bullied mm -hmm. into appearance mm -hmm. at, the, at the risk of your own life because of someone else's inadequate knowledge. Absolutely, a absolutely. And um, Terry Arnold that I mentioned with ibcnetwork.org, she has created a um, medical, uh, where the, you know, the classes that the doctors have, continuing education. She's created a continuing education course that is specifically for uh, teaching about inflammatory breast cancer and it's free and it's out there for any physician to take it. Her point is to try to get physicians to have this course just so that they have some understanding. Uh, I have been in touch with her about my surgeon and her, she said she would get in touch with the, that hospital and try to make contact with her and see if she couldn't get out there to teach that course because clearly 
they didn't have the knowledge they need. I don't think she, in her mind, I don't think she was trying to choose my beauty over my health. I don't think she, I hope, I really hope, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt that she didn't realize that that was a, a, a protocol that could create a difference in my life. I will say, not long after I had my surgery from her, I met someone else who had the exact same surgery from her. It was this young woman who was, I think, about 24, 26. And she was convinced to go ahead and do the re reconstruction on the table. As far as I know, she's still fine. But I kept thinking, she didn't have, she didn't, she wasn't young. She was young. She wasn't old enough to feel like, wait a minute, I don't have to do what you say. I can, I can think for myself. And, um, and she did get talked into it. And I will admit it is hard to walk away from breast surgery and, and have an amputation and ha not have that breast. I will admit that is in, I can, incredibly difficult. But like you said, it's, it's a, it's a life or death thing, not a, how pretty are you thing? Yeah, and, you know, and by no means am I, um, mm. you know, I'm not talking bad about the, no. the surgeon, but it is the ignorance of it all. It is. You know, you've got to be able to be, you know, we're trusting you. We are entrusting our lives with you. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there is additional information that you need to have, but to speak up like that. And I mean, that just, you know, I appreciate what you're saying. Martha, but I just believe, and, and especially if she's convinced someone or whomever on her team is convinced someone else of mm -hmm. the same exact thing, that to me, that is just, you know, got to do better. Got to do, do better. better. Got to do better. Exactly. We got to do better. That's exactly it. And as far as sticking together as women, I think that's a place we can do better too. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. You're getting that word out to women so we can do better. Absolutely. Well, Martha, thank you so very much for being on the show today. I absolutely appreciate this. And thank you so much for the fight that you are bringing to the world on behalf of women, the information, the knowledge that you're bringing. So are there any last words of wisdom that you want to leave with everyone? Hmm. Uh, I, yes. And that is that, and you heard this when, when your dad got the diagnosis and you thought about it when you were waiting on the results for yours, but getting that diagnosis of cancer, it's just quite terrifying. And so what I want to say is there is life, there can be life after cancer, really awesome life after cancer. It doesn't have to steal your joy. It doesn't have to steal your fire. It doesn't have to steal your, your pleasure in life. And wow. um, that that's what I would I would say. I think we're also scared of it. And another piece is that is that breast cancer, all breast cancer treatments, they've come so far mm -hmm. that that um, there's just so much more hope than there ever used to be. So I've known of women who would say, I just don't even want to go and find out because then it's going to be really bad and I'm going to die anyway. You know, they'll take go down that path. And, um, and it's just not that way anymore. Cancer is treated so entirely differently. Even when you end up with a stage four type cancer, it may mean they're never going to get rid of it, but you may have it for 20, deal with it along the way for 20 years and have a good life. So don't let it, don't let it drag you to the point of you think, oh, there's no hope it's over now because that's just not true. Very good words of wisdom. Absolutely good words of wisdom. So Martha, thank you so much for joining the show today. Again, you all will see Martha again because she is absolutely a wealth of, uh, just a wealth of knowledge, honestly. And 
her desire to encourage, to really, um, really inform. You can, you can feel it. It oozes out of her. And that is absolutely what we need in this day and time. Women, doesn't matter what age we are, doesn't matter what color we are, doesn't matter what economic background we come from, doesn't matter what, you know, education, knowledge we have. It, linking arms is what really truly matters. And so Martha, thank you again for joining the show. Folks, this has been another great episode of Go Be Great with Coach Karina. And I am absolutely positive that you have gained some insight, some fresh information that will absolutely help you to go be great. So I will see you all on the flip side. Bye, everybody. <laughs>